He's like, well, no, but like, what if, like, what if it wasn't just seven literal days? And I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, well, that's so, that's so there's this theory out there. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. We're back. Awesome. What was that, man? That was crazy. Uh, that was doozy. We, we hop on, and then my computer decides to freak out, and if it does it again, I guess that's just going to be the end of tonight. But how are you, dude? What we were talking about, Catherine? How oh are you? yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, Catherine is incredible. I mean, she's a she's an inspiration to us all. All of you that know her, you know that. But uh, she just crushed it today. Absolutely crushed it. She's been working on this for you guys. What about a month and a half? We've been working on this. Yeah, 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 um, yeah about that. But it's like it's so cool to watch her. I think this is like the real like the real magic is the way that she engages with her, her audience and they just love her, her authenticity. Yeah. Amazing. It's real though. Like you can feel it. And I feel like that's what people want, dude. Like the more, so you actually, this is crazy. You and I and Catherine all share the same coach. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. I, I love yeah. Katie so much, but it's so funny because like everything that uh, Catherine talks about, she's like, like I understand what she's saying, right? Because like I've like learned it from Katie. Yeah, and it was funny. I have coaching students. It's so funny. My coaching students. We had our our call last night, and they're like, "Can you tell us what Catherine's offer is?" And I was like, "No," because they're all watching it, and we're we're designing our core message delivery system this week, right? And they're like, "Should we buy the offer?" I was like, "I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm not gonna uh, like want to. like." And, and I was and I was like, "I I will say this. I was like, I endorse it." And uh, they're like, um, it's so funny. We're listening to Catherine and we're hearing things that you've taught us too. And I'm like, that's when you know it was from Katie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Katie's awesome. But anyway, back, back to Catherine though, it's genuine. And I feel like that's the piece that's missing. Like they say that people can spot a fake. I don't know. I think fakes can be pretty like cunning. Pretty convincing, yeah. Yeah, but you, you can't fake real authenticity. Well, it's like... I don't know. I, I've never had to like articulate this, but like, I think there's like this, um, like you were saying, there, there's like, there's like fake authenticity. You see it with like Instagrammers and yeah, like, big and like, uh, marketing gurus and stuff like that. But, um, like that's really like, like when people actually meet Catherine, like in person, they're like, Oh, it's like, it's real. Like, like that's yeah. how she is all the time. It's not just on the camera. And like, and, and so when it, when it is on the camera, like you can feel it, like you were saying, like, it's not like, and with her, like, I mean, her sales video is her breaking her ring light, like on accident, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like when you say it's yeah. the Catherine on and off camera, it's because Catherine, Catherine just like lived this life. I feel like, and then was like, oh, I maybe should turn on the camera. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's no real thought. She's like, Oh, oh. Russell, Russell told me to publish or someone. Told and so I was like, here's my life. Yeah. You know, I, have you have you met any of your fa her family? Either? Yeah, all of my well, I don't know about all of them. A lot of them. Well, that's, like, yeah, yeah. Like her little brother um, lived in Provo for a while. He's back uh, in Colorado for COVID, um, but uh, he like trained my dog, and um, <laughs> he's like, it, it's so it's so funny meeting them because they they all have that like that energy. And anyway, this is probably not very interesting to people that are listening, but like they're. It, it's amazing. They are really, Catherine is really truly who she is on camera. Like she's just genuine and loves people. And she's from Colorado. Are you, yeah. wait, are, do you have ties to Colorado too? No. 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 So it's so weird. Dude. Yeah. Utah, man, I, we got, we're going to have to discuss that. I don't know this whole Utah, Colorado. <laughs> debate. I've never, I mean, I've been to Utah, but my experience in going to Utah was I literally 
So there was this big, uh, it was actually a network marketing conference, right? And I was not like, I, I don't do network marketing. I did it like way back in the day, like when I first started, you know, the gateway drug to entrepreneurship, right? But like my- <laughs> that's, that's so sad. I hope that's- <laughs> But it is though. Let's be real though. Come on. How many people are like, or at least, at least online entrepreneurship, right? Anyway, I, I have a bunch of friends that- um, so the network market that I was in, like the last one before I was like, oh, I can sell my own products and like I can actually do things or whatever. The only reason I like joined it was I actually used the product. I didn't know it was a network market, right? When I like bought it, like bought the product, which is the way I think network markets should be sold, right? And uh, then they're like, well, it's actually a network market, like my upline, who I became friends. I, I had known these people for a while, right? So they're like, actually, we're having this big conference. It's out in Utah. There's going to be like 1,500 people there. And we want you, like they liked my social media skills. They're like, we want you to come out and like hang out with us. And so I found out that it was part of the network market. I was like, well, I'm going to go. Like, I want to be cool, right? Like, I want to, like, what, what can I win? Like, what level can I hit? So the fastest anybody, I think, at the time had gotten the, the car, the car payment or whatever. I don't know. It was like 40 something days. And I can't remember what I did. It was like 30 something. Cause I had a Facebook group and I was like, I'll just put together an offer. We'll launch it over there. And it was like, Broop. and so like 21 days later, they bought me a Jeep. And that was my nice. first, that was my Jeep. That my last Jeep that I had was actually was started with that. No, I actually, I had a Jeep before that one, but that was my like intro to like the nice Jeep world. But anyway, I spoke at that conference. Um, when I got there, they were like, Hey, we need someone to teach social media. Do you want it? I was like, Sweet. Yeah. Heck yeah. You want to put me on stage for 1500 people or 1200, whatever it was. <laughs> Absolutely. So I ended up speaking there and that's was my first like intro to call or to Utah. And I was like, what the heck? This place is gorgeous. It's, it's like, like there's no, I, I guess I shouldn't say this because I haven't been everywhere in the world, but I, I, I venture to say that <laughs> there's like nowhere else like in the world. We like there, there's sandstone. There's like um, gorgeous, like green, lush canyons. There's like it's just like so diverse and and really amazing. Like some of the most beautiful natural settings in the world. Like, yeah, uh, Zion's is like mind blowing. Yeah, Arches is insane. It just it's just incredible. So I have to come but out. I, like, I don't want to promote it too much, or else then people move there. Around. Well, here's the thing. I feel like I feel like Colorado is way way more promoted than than Utah. So right, you're, you're yeah. probably safe for a while. I, I don't know. I guess like from, from what I've heard, I've actually I haven't like done much of exploring in Colorado. But from what I've heard, Colorado is not like that cool. I mean, like it's 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 pretty, but it's not like that cool. <laughs> it's not Utah cool. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I moved to Colorado two days ago. <laughs> no. Well, hey, dude. I, I, I love I'm, it. I, I'm excited to come and visit. Okay, so here, here's the thing. I have, once again, I've never, well, I've been in Utah, but I've, you know it better than I. Colorado is so open, dude. Like you can see forever. Is that like how it is in Utah? Well, we're in, I mean, we're in a bowl, like Utah Valley. It's yeah. like there's mountains all around us, which I, that's kind of cool. I, I did live in Oklahoma for a little bit and that was astounding. I was like, I can literally see just forever. fields forever. And right, forever. It's insane. Yeah. So that's not that's Utah. Different than Utah. Yeah. So Colorado, dude, like even when you're not in the mountains, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's so pretty. So and I, the one downside too is we have like this inversion because we're in the valley. Like it's like we get like smog and stuff and like. Oh, and that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Colorado's high up. It's sunny like 300 days a year here, they say. And weed's legal. That's the best, that, dude. That's that's the kicker I mean, right like, there. What more do you need? I'm <laughs> telling you, you got mountains, absolutely beautiful. And dude, outside of the city of Denver, you do not need a permit to carry a firearm, a handgun, as long as you carry it open. Yeah. I was like, no, heck good. yeah, I get to. I mean, to the best of my understanding, same in Utah, actually. With that. The what? Uh, to the best of like, to the best of my knowledge, I think it's the same in Utah. I, I could be totally wrong there though. You, I, do, I, do you have a permit? I don't open carry. So I'm, that's not like a concern for me. You don't open carry? <laughs> oh, no. So, so, you have a, so you have a permit? Yeah. 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 I mean, I have a permit I, for Indiana. But I, I think it's like, here we go into the politics, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. We got, we got politics <laughs> and aliens both to cover here. I, I think it's like, in my mind, I have to make sure I use my words carefully. I think it's uh, a, a moral obligation of un, of American citizens to carry a weapon on them. Whoa. All right. That's pretty extreme. Why so? <laughs> well, I, I say that because like, 
especially as a, as a father. Um, if how, anything, one, how many kids you got? One. Just we, one. Have, we have another on the way. Oh, uh, congratulations. But, but here's my sense is if anything were to happen to my family, and if I had a weapon to protect my family in that, in that scenario, like if, if a weapon would have made the difference, I like, I can't imagine the state that I would be in mm. to know that like, I could have prevented this from happening. And not only just that, but like my, like brothers and sisters around me, meaning everybody else, right? Like my, it, I, I've trained and I, and I am competent with a weapon. And I know that if something were to happen, I'd be able to protect those people in that scenario. And if I like didn't have a gun on me at that time, but, it's a, it's okay. a moral obligation to protect those around me. Well, well, I mean, you're religious, I'm religious, and and keep in mind, I mean, there is you would be far fetched to find a bigger supporter of the Second Amendment than I am, right. right? Like, so by all means, do I support the ability to carry and whatnot? But let me play the devil's advocate here for a second. Uh, number one, like America certainly in my lifetime has never been less educated and less informed. And certainly there's some dumb people out there, right? Oh, well, let me add the caveat and trained. Okay. I was, I was going to just say like, there have to be some form of like significantly enforced training, like of kind of like a driver's license, right? Like where it's just like required by all citizens. But even then, <laughs> got stuff falling off the wall. <laughs> um, but like even then, though, like a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. And then you have the moral argument as well. Like there's a lot of Christians out there, a lot of religious people out there, and probably even some non-religious people out there that would not take the life of another human, even if it meant harm to their own family. Um. Wait. So so let me make sure I'm understanding your argument. You're saying that um, there are some people that would that would say that um they morally can't take the life of another person even though they're harming others yeah well because pacifists for example that's a religious belief i think that's ridiculous well yeah but, okay joke. but 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 i also think that you know personally i disagree with gay marriage but i think it should be legal right per oh, per oh uh, no okay this is a moral argument i'm not i'm not I'm not arguing politics. Oh, okay. Well, from the politically. Ooh, okay. Oh, All right. Yeah, let, no, no. Let's, 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 let's argue morally then. All right. <laughs> okay. Like, did Jesus kill anybody? Like what moral oh. grounds do you, okay. So let's not say, let's not say that's a bad, that's a dumb <laughs> argument. I would hate that argument. Let, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Um, what moral grounds do you have to say that you can take a person's life? Because they're infringing on the rights of another person to life. But and is that and happiness? But is where, like, where do you, where's that a human right though? Like, wh where do you the, the derive human right to life or infringing on, like, I'm not going to kill it. Like, if, what if the bad guy didn't kill your wife? What if he just like beat her up? Right. Like, <laughs> but no, but here's the thing though. Like, <laughs> if we're, I'm, I'm, t I, I, I I, th there's gotta be a line. So I, 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 understand I agree with you. I agree with you, but I'm like, right. you're saying no, like the moral the argument of it. And I'm like, yeah, but somebody could come back to me and be like, Josh, I morally do not believe it is my responsibility to protect the li life of my family. For, if that means killing another person, let God be the judge. I, I would say, <laughs> I, I would say, um, Okay, cool, but you're wrong. But 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 why? <laughs> okay. But why are you wrong? Why are yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um I I think it is an intrinsic natural right of all human beings to um I guess to have a right to their life, to live, right? And I, I guess like if you can't agree with me on that premise, I don't know if I can really argue with you. Okay, okay. Let's say I agree with then, you on that premise, but based, okay, but right. who, who gives that right? Is it God that gives that right? Is that what we're agreeing upon? Well, I, I think there's like a, there's a secular, secular argument. Uh, they, they would call it a natural right. Okay. And then there's the religious argument. They would say it's a God given right. So you're but saying that it's, whoever it's gives it. Okay. Okay. I, I would, I maybe self-evident is the right term. Okay. Perfect. Self-evident 
that we have a right to life. Perfect. All right. And I think that the vast majority of people would agree with that, unless you're getting into like some political. All right. So let's assume that that's the case. Yeah. 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 So if we assume that that's the case, then I, uh, I believe it's my, uh, it would, it would also be my right to protect that right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I suppose. But so if somebody is yeah, yeah. attacking my right to life or attacking uh-huh. my my right to um, to freedom, I have the right to defend that. I have the, I have the right but to do defend I, my natural rights. Yes, but do I have to? Like, is it morally wrong for me not to? You see what I'm saying? Um, I would say yes. And that's your belief, right? I, I would say I would say justify justify to me where uh, why would it would be immoral? Why would it be immoral to take someone else's life? No, to protect my rights. Oh, to protect your rights? No, I'm not saying immoral. I'm saying, but is it wrong to not? Like, I have a right to defend myself, oh, so, but so I also have a right like, to not defend myself, and you can't get mad at me for not wanting to defend my family. So it's like the idea, of like a sin of omission. You're saying justify that, justify that it's a uh, that it's yeah. actually like yeah 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 yeah. Um, I haven't articulated this before, so bear with me. Um, I would say yeah, I'd say, I'd say yes. I think it's I think it is your it is your obligation to pursue the greatest good. Hmm. And the greatest good is is defending those those rights, like the, the right the right to life, the right to, to happiness, the right to to freedom, uh, at whatever cost that might be. So, so it, and, and if somebody is infringing on another person's right um, to those, I, I would say it's still your moral obligation. I think I think it's hard to argue against that. I mean, like like t- like tell me why not. I, okay. I, I think it's pretty evident and I, I'm not saying that that's an argument, but like, I understand that. So like, I'm in agreement with you, but here's the deal. I have spent so many, I've debated so many people on this topic. So I just know the ever ongoing argument again. And that's the side I'm playing right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, and the argument goes, okay, basically what you're saying is, okay, listen, if somebody has the moral obligation to defend one's family are you saying that let's let's say that you were in a grocery store and you had a firearm and someone came up and killed your wife but you had the ability like you pulled the gun out and you could have stopped it and you just you couldn't bring yourself to do it you froze in the moment right should you then be punished for not following through on that action there's a difference between political enforcement of something no no no. I, i meant more should you be through God's standards. Through God's standards, <laughs> right? Should you be yeah. condemned? Can you be condemned right. by society and by God's standards because you did not fall through? That there's the that's the other side of the argument. I think that there's um, I think there's two ways to look at this. If it was like a thought out action, and it's like I am choosing not to, I think that that should be condemned. Mm. Yeah. But if it if it's like I was in the heat of the moment and I was stressed out and I didn't know what to do and like ah, I think that. Intent has a lot to do with it. Yeah. But I like, I don't think it's good. I think, yeah. And that's what training's for, right? It's like, so that when you get into those situations, you don't freeze up. Like, I I, I would, I would hope, and like, what I try and do is, you know, think through those situations and try and put myself in the headspace of like, no, if somebody pulls out a gun, they've made a decision to put their life on the line. Yeah. And like, I'm willing to stop them. I'm not saying that I'm willing to kill them willing to stop them. Yeah. So I 100% agree with you on personally with everything you're saying. Like I'm right there with you, dude. Someone drives to met, like someone pull a gun on me or my family. If there is even a remote possible chance that they can end up gone or not doing that, even if that means death, there is, I'm, I'm not thinking twice. Right. But I just don't think that everybody has to be that way. But that being said, kind of going off one of the things that you said, they're training. I also think that the people that typically speaking that train the most, and not, this is true across the board, people that take their health seriously, people that take their life seriously, people that are motivated, people that are a good father, a good mother, right? That love their family, that are in a healthy state, 
are probably going to line up with you and I a lot more because life is, and I don't want to say more precious to them or they see it as more precious, but like life has a lot more meaning. And it's like, no, like, like I was put on this earth, you know, I have purpose. I have this people that are motivated and driven and then would go train in that. You have had training. I've had training, especially growing up, right. Of like how to use firearms, how to protect people, how to, you know, diffuse the situation, like things like that. And I think that the lack of proper education in America is, well, in the world, but like in America specifically is the driving factor behind why people think the way that they think or don't think when they don't think and are the way that they are. And so, yeah, I think the big underlying issue is like we need to, and this is kind of my whole big thing in life is I want to privatize education. We can go down that route. Okay. I have a, I have a brilliant, yes. do you want to go down this yes. route? Can we, can we, should we go down here? 100%. Okay. okay. All right. I have this, I have a plan to, to, to privatize education. Okay. Okay. And, and maybe I'm here's like, I don't know if I'm quite, I think the vast majority of education should be private. Should be yes. Private. As well. Hear me. Okay. So I thought long and hard about this. Just hear my plan. I have, okay. I haven't put it, like I haven't tested it. I have no data to back this up. So I actually just came up with this like maybe a month or two ago. I've been thinking about this for a while. Okay. The problem with government run education is that there, well, it ends up like we have it right now, it right? Like literally this, this is the problem with, we are living with the problem of government education. But the underlying thing is that there's no real drive to get better. Right. And so if, if you, there's no competition. No, there's no competition. Even if you suck, you're going to get funded to a certain extent, right? You're going to exist mostly, even if you suck, right? You can treat your kids terribly. You're going to get paid. It sucks, right? With private um, education, it drives people to want to go and do have the best possible performing thing, right? The problem is, is that, okay, then you run into, it becomes a, a problem of who has money, right? Who has money and who doesn't? It, rich people, they go to better schools. Poor, they can't afford it at all, so their kids wouldn't go to school. So what I say is, is that like we essentially, excuse me, we essentially privatized to a certain extent the college education system. It's still freaking political and terrible, right? So it's not quite privatized, but like the idea is there. So why not go and instead of government funding schools, why not? all the taxpayer money go into a pool and it would be distributed equally among kids, parents of kids, and yeah. in the so, form of a credit to say, you can system. pick what? A voucher system. Yes, you can pick any school, but if you have money, you can pay for higher schools, right. but it's more than enough. You know, you know, it's, it's more than enough. Totally. So you, you take this approach, but then you encourage different models of schooling. And this is the part where I think a lot of people miss is like, we're not just saying like K through 12th and then go on. Like, it's not all the same. Like you have a basic preliminary, like, Hey, here's stuff that everybody should learn, like how to read, write, and spell like non worldview type of things, right? Just like, Hey, here are like basic things that everybody should learn. And then based on interest and based on what the parents want to do with it, you can have oh, this school only has eight kids in a class and it, it's more science focused. Oh, my kid is really into arts and crafts. He's going to yeah, go to that school yeah. at eight, nine, 10, 13 years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why doesn't no, this work? So do you say, why wouldn't it? Yeah. What's the problem with this, Paul? Tell me what, <laughs> I don't, tell I me what the problem is. <laughs> I, I don't know why everybody doesn't, doesn't just speak like us. Uh, no, I think like, <laughs> I think the, uh, here's, here's my, I think like the first step is at least abolishing it on a federal level. 100%. Just at least push it to the states. And then once we get into the states, let's at least push it to the cities. Well, yeah, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep pushing it all the well, way down I, to everybody's like, homeschooled. No, and, and honestly, I think that that's the only approach that we can actually take. Because like, if we were just be like, wave a wand and be like, okay, it's all gone. Like, obviously that's not gonna work. Like, right. It's not going to work. It's too fast. And there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the private sector to like equip ourselves. Hundred Huge. But, but like, like now's the um, best time in the world to do it. Exactly. Like right now. Exactly. Did you see uh, Cody Jefferson? He posted, he posted like teachers don't go back to go, don't go back to school and quit <laughs> because it's like, there's so much demand for good education. Like there's, and, and you can make a, a serious amount of money. I, I wish that teachers would just say like, 
hey, I'm going to get super specialized in a specific form of teaching. And then I'm just going to go into an affluent neighborhood and say like, hey, put together like five homes and like, I'll, I'll teach your kids. They could easy pay for their, their year's salary doing that. Yeah, but they're super illegal. That's the problem. In a, in a lot of areas, in a lot of areas, it's illegal. To, to like co-op school? Yeah, you have to You have to get so many, you can't just do it. You gotta get permits, you gotta get permission. Like there's so many different things that you can, which is why my parents moved to Indiana. We were originally gonna go to Vermont. I grew up in LA, right, till age 11. Were you homeschooled? Yeah, I was homeschooled. Nice. All nice. of my siblings were homeschooled too. We're some smart kids. My parents were not dumb, right? I can see it. There's yeah. a little homeschooling. Oh, oh, no, 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 sir. It was 15 passenger van my whole life. All right, we're going to we're going to the fair. We're bringing all our animals for 4-H, and it's like super sexy truck after super sexy truck after super sexy truck. 1998, 15 passenger van with rusted floorboards. That's what I'm driving. All right, like homeschool to the core. All right, like how many uh, how many kids are in your family? Uh, there was eight. Kyle died last year, but like so, right. me and six younger ones. Yeah. Wow, that's so funny. It's so funny how many. Uh, there's a lot of like big families in this, uh, in this, this world. Yeah. Children. Well, especially in the cliff funnel space. Cause they're Russell's super Mormon. Right. <laughs> right. Cause I'm, I'm one of uh, seven kids. So like nine, where do you fall? With, uh, second youngest. It's like, Oh, you, Oh, you're the baby or one close yeah, to the baby. You're baby. the yeah. low end. Yeah, my, my baby sister's getting married tomorrow actually. Oh, well, congratulations. Paul's baby yeah. sister. That's funny. <laughs> No, but, uh, no, I think there's like, there, there's this, um, you can, you can like sense it, you know, like the big family vibe. Yeah. Well, Midwest, big family. We grew up in Indiana, but because of the homeschool laws, my dad is just in love with Vermont. He loves Vermont. I don't, I don't know why I've been there several times with him, but we, we sold our, my dad quit his job. We sold our house, packed all of our stuff in the back of a 53 foot semi truck and oh. parked it and gotten a, uh, an RV and started driving across country. And wherever we decided to end up, we were just gonna stop. Dad was gonna fly home and drive the semi out. Are you and, serious? And that's what we did. Yeah, so my dad quit his job, they, they hated it. We traveled, we went up California cause we were in the suburbs of LA. And then we moved up to the mountains for one year before we left. But then we, we drove up to Washington and then all wow. day, and then in Indiana, we were like, they had no idea where we were going. Like we were headed towards Vermont and we were just like, we'll find a spot. And so my brother, my older brother, Kyle, before he died, like this is back, you know, he was alive still. He was big into speech and debate. And he's like, hey, there's this big speech and debate tournament happening in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Can we stop there? Right. And so my parents were like, all right, sweet. That's fine. So we like, we pull off in Indiana and uh, no, like no house lined up, nothing. And we go to this speech and debate event and this other homeschooling family met Kyle and was like, oh, you're from a homeschooling family? I think it was a Saturday. They're like, there's this church you gotta go to tomorrow, all right? Uh, it's on, so you're gonna be here tomorrow? Oh, you'll absolutely love it. Big family like your family, you guys will absolutely love it. My parents went to that church and they are still going to that church to this day. Wow. Yeah, dude, like wow. super, super involved. So it's been 14 years ago now that this happened, 13 years, something like that. Like, that is like, that is an incredible story. Right. Like your parents, like making that kind of decision to just be like, we're going. With eight kids and no job. And my dad just was going to drive semi and that's what he did. He drove semi oh until, um, until he still drives semi to this day, but he drive, he was doing his own loads. Like it was all just independent. And now he owns his rig, but like he drives uh, hazardous materials. So like propane and jet fuel and gasoline wow. and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's wow. what he does. And now they own a farm out there. A year later, they bought a farm and boom, there we are. <laughs> It's crazy, dude. I don't know if I could do that. I, yeah, that's that's insane. That well, is which like is character, <laughs> and and that happened when I was I turned eleven on our drive. Wow. So you're what talking because that like? that's like you're essentially like uprooting your life as an eleven, yeah, oh, 10, to, 10 or eleven like, year old, yeah, yeah, to like um, all your friends, all, like everything, like so, well, like I don't have crazy. a huge memory of all of them because of it. Right. Which is fine. Like I remember California, but like I was so young and for the last year we were out there. So from nine to 10 years old, we lived in the mountains, like 45 minutes from all of our friends. So like, I've just moved my whole life. Right. Like I've never been in one place for very, like the longest I ever was is where my parents still live. Now they still live there. There was a eight year stretch or almost a 10 year stretch, I guess. Uh, nine year, nine year stretch in there where I lived there. But even then I moved out. Um, and I was never home. So where was I going with that? 
Um, oh, it was harder for Kyle, my older brother, because he Kyle's four, four and a half years older than I, uh, when he was alive, four and a half years older. So he was a little bit more like developed. It was harder for him to disconnect it from his friends. But for me, we're just like, sweet. Oh, and the rest of, the, the rest of your siblings. So you're like second, second oldest? Yeah, and now so the like oldest, the yeah. The rest of your siblings are super young. Super right? young. Joe kind of remembers it, but like none of the girls do. They have no memory of California whatsoever, even though they live there. So, so you went from like moving all over the place to like going off by yourself. Did you ever have like any like corporate job or anything like that? I sold insurance for a small firm so it wasn't corporate at all, right. but we serviced like businesses and some of them were corporate. So, and you were homeschooled. So yeah. there, there's like not been like a lot of like community for you. Uh, no. And the closest thing and our nearest neighbor was a half mile away at our farm, my mom and parents <laughs> farm. So yeah. like my, the only yeah. time I ever saw my friends was in 4-H. And then wow. the only time I was going to 4-H was when I was in my 15-passenger super embarrassing van. So I was the stereotypical homeschool kid driving the 15-passenger van with a bunch of siblings. That's what my friends knew, knew us up for, right? right. So like, right. I was a, when I tell you, like I was weird growing up, right? I was way different, dude. Like when I, when I turned 20, so I had a truck, I sold it, and then I bought a second truck. And it right. was a lifted truck, camouflage interior, completely camo, a shotgun and a rifle, a camouflage rifle in the back, 30 odd six and a That's shotgun so with antennas <laughs> lifted and I rolled it down a hill. I flipped it over. Yeah. Oh, and so then I sold that and bought a crotch rocket motorcycle, which ended up putting me in jail for eight hours because I went 150 miles an hour on literally 150 Dude. miles an hour on it, got pulled over. And then from there, I was like, started tried to start two companies, one with my neighbor, one with my dad farming. One was farming, one did strawberries. You know that? I planted 20,000 strawberries one summer. Yeah. You have an interesting life, dude. I'm telling you. And then one day I was like, I'm out. And I was like, I got to get out. Like, I just got to. And so I started college. And like three months into college, I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, like, where do, do you feel like you got like, you, you were able to like socially adapt and like learn? Because you're pretty socially competent. You're not a, like a weird dude. Um, what, like, do you feel like you got those like skills at like in college or like, no, like, my mom, like my mom made us do stuff. Like my, we were super involved in the homeschool community, but like I did a lot of like school stuff with it. But like, once again, I'm was the one in trouble. Like I was the, always the bad kid. And it was like the, but it was weird because it was, it's homeschool bad. It's not new. <laughs> What does that mean? It means like, I was a homeschooler, so I it means like, like I hear, I tell Leah this all the time. Leah and I, Leah grew up in the, like public schools, right? Leah and I grew up so radically, radically, radically different childhoods when it comes to what we could get away with. Like, like if you like drank alcohol with me growing up, it was like, you're basically going to hell. You know what I mean? Right, like that, right. it was like, dude, like the, yeah. very, very taboo, right? Yeah. No, like weed. Oh my gosh, right? Oh my, it's the devil, right? And so, <laughs> so like my getting in trouble was like, I would stay up too late and sneak in Dr. Pepper and Chips Ahoy, right? Like that, like that. You know what I mean? And I got a tattoo when I turned nineteen, right? And like. Right. Ooh, right. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so that, so it wasn't like I was actually a bad kid. I thought I was, right? I thought I was so cool. Right? <laughs> Breaking down barriers. <laughs> but really it was like, I was very sheltered, which I'm very thankful for, by the way. Right. Right. But, no, but my no. mom made us do like I, speech and debate. That, um, t tell me, tell me why you feel like, like because my parents, sheltered me from the world, but still taught me the skills I needed to succeed in the world. Mm. Okay. So my parents were like, Hey, look, I think that's a hard line to play. Though. It was, which is why we got, I got in so much trouble all the time. Right. Cause I was always pushing, <laughs> always pushing the, the boundaries. And like my parents were, they're awesome now, but they were real strict there for a minute. Like, right, like right. cult, like strict. And <laughs> I'm, I'm super serious though. It was so funny. And I love, I love my parents to death. They're amazing, but they're, and they're awesome now. They're not like that anymore. They're super, super chill. Um, but you think that was intentional. They were it, like, Hey, we're going to be strict for a little while. No, it was, they were new to their faith and they were figuring stuff out. They did the mm -hmm. best they could. And mm -hmm. what my parents I think understood was like, we know what it takes to be successful in life. So like, let's, 
or we know what the Bible says it means to be successful right. in life, right? Like we know these skills that we believe we should teach our kids. They follow the Bible and it was, it was the right way, right? Mm -hmm. It was show up on time. It was hard work ethic. It was yes, sir. Right. No, you know, yes, right. ma'am. It was polite. It was honesty. It was integrity. It was, you, you know, you work beyond, like, you know what I mean? And love God, focus on family, be a man, stand up for what you believe in. Right. And so for me, that all just seemed stupid and ridiculous at the time. Right. It was my, my parents. I mean, there was a couple year window in there when you got eight kids, you're living on rice and beans, money's tight. Right. And you're like, Hey, it is military style. Like wait, you're up at 7. AM you have 15 minute increments listed out your entire day till 4 PM. And if you didn't eat lunch between this hour and this hour, you missed lunch. Right. Like, like, because they had to, right. My mom is, my dad's off at work trying to pay the bills. Right. And my mom's at home, homeschooling eight kids. You know, I think, that's, I think that's, that's awesome. And, and huge. I think, um, I like, like growing up as a kid, I, I, I didn't, I, there was like little to no structure. It was kind of just like, go make it work. And, mm. um, I like yearned for that so much, like, um, after like graduating high school and like, I served a mission for my church and like coming back, I was like, I, I didn't know what I wanted but like I so badly wanted order in my life mm. and I like didn't know how to create it. And like, luckily I kind of figured it out and I came across some awesome mentors and, um, but like kids, kids need that so much. Right. And it's, it's not in public school and it's, it's not, not like, in the house anymore though. Like it's, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. At totally. all. Culturally. Like, yeah. yeah it's, well, especially in America. Mm. Right. Like it's not there. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and I think like there's this really hard line to play of like, because I, th there's, there's something really awesome about being spontaneous and very healthy about being spontaneous. But there's also something that's so, so necessary about order and structure and, and time and, and teaching those paradoxes to your children. I'm like, cross my fingers, hope that I figured it out. But like, I, what I've been recognizing very profoundly, um, I guess like over like the past year or six months or so is like that paradoxes are so real. Yeah. Like we live in a world of paradoxes. Like and so it, much. It hurts. Like it hurts to live with those paradoxes. And I think that there's some people that just like, they, they find a truth and then they're like, this is it. And it's the only truth. And, and they're right. This is it. And it's so true. But like, if you can hold on to the truth while saying like, I think that that's like a really hard thing to figure out is like, how can I still be open to and discover new truths while not dismissing this old truth? Because like uh, what I recognize is like that there's, Cause there's like really dicey territory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I love that it. Like two things can seem to be contradictory and be true, but it's when you, when you let yourself struggle between the two long enough and really dive deep into both of those things, you start discovering that there's most often a third option. <laughs> Teddy Richardson. Like the, the most profound, the most profound experience that I've had with this is when I was studying really, really deeply on, on my mission for my church, what justice and mercy. I was like, it was really like, there was a mm, my was gosh, like, that's okay, a crazy justice. paradox. <laughs> I was like justice is so important. And like, when you see somebody do something wrong, that's like really, really wrong. Like, yeah, really wrong. So <laughs> it's like, good. Uh, you, there's this this urge inside of you that's like that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Like just today, there was like this horrific incident just one city down from me. This this man, like, um, like I think uh, we don't know yet. It's like really new. It happened today. Um, I think killed another guy with a sledgehammer. And I like when I heard that, I was like, Are you? freaking kidding me like i'm like ready to like grab a gun and go and find it like there's like this urge right mm. but at the same time like i like almost almost immediately at the same time like that dude had been going through some crap yeah like, that that's my thing like when you understand <laughs> like when you understand that for me like okay so i am a huge empath like I am a huge right, empath. Yeah. Like I can I feel are. that pain from people. Like right. to the point where like, if I'm around it, like I'm very sensitive to energy, right? Like, you know, when I walk into a room and I know when bad energy walks into that room, right? <laughs> like I can feel it. And like, right. 
For me though, I've come to this place and this is kind of like just where I'm at now. I'm not saying this is necessarily truth, right? But like for me, like I, I hate injustice, but I'm also a huge mercy. And the line yeah. I draw when I try to explain that to someone is if somebody is hurting someone else, there is nothing more important than stopping that. However, mm -hmm. once, that right. is once that is stopped exactly. and the evil is contained, okay? Then I wanna yeah, show them cool. mercy. Then yeah, I want to, right. Yeah. The, the, who, and if the only way to stop it, full circle to our gun debate, if the only way to stop it is by taking that life, a hundred percent, but once again, as soon as it is stopped, now we've got to show mercy. No, now, like legit, and, and I think that this is a huge problem with the current justice system in the United States is we're, we're there to punish. Right. Instead of like rectify and heal and bring about like, like real change in our society and, and real change, whether it's from a parenting standpoint or like with friends or with, with a justice system does not come through punishment. Like it doesn't work or like in a spousal relationship right. when you try and punish your spouse, like that's not going to solve anything. Um, but like, and I think that the, the solution between justice and mercy, and this is, this is what I discovered is that it's not, it's not a it's not a tension between the two. There's it's not finding the middle ground. Mm. That's not the right answer. I think it's that's the big problem that a lot of people make is they go, okay, well, there's justice and mercy. Let's let's kind of figure it out in that middle area. And that that doesn't help. The real the real solution to it is this is gonna sound super hippie, but it's it's charity, it's love. If you really love someone, you really genuinely love someone, sometimes you'll get in their face and yeah. you'll enact justice. And it, but if you really, really love somebody, you'll also extend mercy when they need to be extended mercy. Real, real charity and real but love. But people don't love, love each love. other in the world. What? Like people don't love each other, not in the justice system and not in the world. <laughs> no. Like that's no. the issue. But like there's, yeah. the other problem is, is there's like, there's also some genuinely evil people out there. Exactly. Right. No, exactly. And, and, and a real loving person, when there's a genuinely evil person in the world, they're going to stop them. Yeah. And yeah. if they can stop them without like, with like once, one, like you were saying, once the person is stopped, let's sit down and try and help that person. And if they can't, then we contain the issue. Like, Do you, are you, I, I assume you're for the death penalty. Obviously I would, I would say. I honestly, if I'm really honest with you, I don't know. So like, do you think pedophiles, repeat offender rapists, you think they, they deserve to die? Do I think they deserve to die? Like here, here's the thing, bro. Here's uh, actually, here's, here's my answer. I strongly hesitate giving the power, that power to the state. Well, to anybody. Heck yeah. Yeah. But here, and, and what I, and why I say that is because we have incident after incident after incident, like hundreds, if not thousands of people that have been incarcerated and killed on death row. Yep. That were totally innocent. That are innocent, for sure. So I, I'm really nervous to hand that power. I, and I, I like. But like, okay. So like for me though, I'm like, if, if you have irrefutable evidence. So like we know. Like we know 100% this is a bad dude. He raped this kid, right? Like, or pedophile or rapist, whatever. Right. And like, especially if he's a repeat offender, like, I don't think there's room for like, if you do it once the, the system of bringing you back into society, I don't know if we're there at a it's society. Right. It's but like, happen. let's assume that was there. If you're, if you, you're a repeat offender, let's, let's take this to the extreme here. Okay. Cause this is when the death penalty should be used only in extreme circumstances. You are a repeat offender. We have irrefutable evidence of that right and like it's on video like whatever and we go we either a have to use our tax dollars and our resources to keep right. a scum like you locked away right or we can just put you really? down right yeah just die I, I don't i don't i can't say that i'm for that but you are I, for I but why I though totally because you are argument but but you're for being able to kill. So why why not there? Is it because of giving the power to do that legally to somebody else? Is that your reasoning? There's the le there's a legal issue for sure. 
but secondly, I think I think personal defense is a very different issue. So if if the obviously well you would support it. Someone stop, with, caught when, him in the act, it, yeah. So like in, in a self defense situation, our our goal is not to kill. It's just to our stop. Goal is to stop the threat. And if that means we and have so, to kill, you have to kill. And if that yeah, if that means that we have to kill, then yes. Okay. But that's a very different situation. All right. So let's 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 bring in a plot twist. <laughs> Exciting. Let's assume aliens are real. <laughs> An alien alien comes down, lands on Earth, and like comes up to your door. I don't know. Knocks on the door, and you're like, "What is that?" And it looks aggressive. It looks I'm mean. You're, you're like, "Bam, bam, bam!" Dead alien. That cool. Maybe uh, they're was, peaceable. Was the, was the alien threatening? I, I don't even know. Where we're I don't <laughs> was know. Was the alien threatening me? Then yes. <laughs> Do you think aliens are real? I think you're just trying to make a really like hard transition. I am. To the alien I am. I want to talk about aliens here. <laughs> but but also, do you think aliens are real, or any form of other life, any form of other uh, intelligent life? I, I think it is really hard to justify that there isn't. Hmm. What about so, religious people that are like, no, where life is precious here on earth? I I would say that's really hard to justify that there isn't other creations by God. Wait, that there isn't or is another creation by is, God? Is, is not more creations than yeah. just this world. Yeah. And just us. It's like he's the God of the universe in all time. But it wasn't that like what made Jesus so special. He created all of this and he loved you enough. Um, yeah, but our, our, I, I don't think that you're putting a hold on to, on I the, agree with you. No, I, I, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't mean to take that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, are you're limiting God and Christ's ability to love? You think we'll and, find aliens? Um, given enough time. Yeah. Well, Okay. What about this Pentagon? I don't know. That's hard. What about that's, what 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 about know. the Pentagon, dude? They just came out and confirmed. You see yeah, that? Yeah, I think that's what? crazy. Like, <laughs> how are we not talking about this? What what I, was it? It's it was I I posted it. Hold it, on. It was okay. something like the wordage was something like um, the not from this planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Pentagon. Here you go. I, there are off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. <laughs> What? Like, like the Pentagon people. How is this? Like, like you don't get more serious than the Pentagon. Like the hegemon of the world's military. Literally, right. All of our forces are like the most powerful, destructive, advanced military in the world. The head people are like, yeah, we got some vehicles that weren't made here on Earth. That's like, that's like, uh, also like, how do you determine that? Yeah, like, the real. guy that was sitting down <laughs> studying this, and he's like, "All right, all right, Jim, this is clearly not from this planet." Right. <laughs> like, how do you say that? I mean, like, we, or like, how do you justify? We, well, we say like, that now. We say that now, but maybe if we saw it, we would just know, man. Oh, maybe I'm we sure. sit down and we're just like, "I'm sure." What? No, I I don't know. This is my argument for um for life, life aside from us. Which I think, okay, we have time extending in both directions forever, right? We like, we don't know when the beginning of time, like <laughs> trying to wrap your head around an idea, like the idea of the beginning of time. I, I, yeah, anyway, so extending forever that way. Do we really think that like consciousness like I think it's really naive to say we were the first instance of consciousness ever <laughs> in all of space and all of time. That's what, crazy. Okay, but what if, if what if we're like what if we're the first? What if creation is relatively that, new? I think that that is a such a minute possibility. Well, it's sure, like it's minute. minute than other Earth. I, I think it's more probable that there's more there, there's more like oh life. for sure it's more probable. Right. So I don't know why people are thinking like, nah. Well, have you ever heard of the, so. the Big Bang Theory of the uh, expand and contract? Right. Have you ever heard it where it's it's okay. it's, it's repeatable yeah. bangs, it's over and over and over right. again? Yeah. I went to public school. That's what we were taught. You know what? 
<laughs> yeah. I was taught God created the earth in 14 literal days. Or in, in seven, in seven, in seven literal days. In seven literal days. And on, well, no, in six literal days and on the seventh day he rested. And the first time I ever even questioned it, like, dude, no concept that, that there was so this is other, except for the fact that it was evolution. And that was just clearly right. wrong, right? So we never studied it. When was the first time you questioned that? So the, the first time that I questioned the seven literal days and was like, oh, like I didn't know that Christians could be a Christian and not believe in seven literal days, okay? The first time ever was my brother, Kyle. We were talking one night and he and mom oh, had gotten it. Ooh, gosh. 16, 15, maybe, maybe right. probably around there, probably. He was still at home. So, well, if he went to 14, probably 14. So, but we're talking and he's like, him and mom had gotten into some big argument, which that sounds like a bad thing, but my mom and I argue all the time in a good way, like debate, discuss, right? So, and sometimes it gets heated in the sense of like, we're like, how could you be that way? Right? Um, but like all out of love. So they got in this big argument about like religion or whatever. I was like, what's mom so mad about? And he's like, well, we were debating, you know, this uh, creation and all that. I was like, what do you mean? You don't believe in creation. You believe in evolution. He's like, well, no, but like, what if, like, what if it wasn't just seven literal days? And I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, well, that's so, that's so there's this theory out there. You know, there's these Christians out there that believe that the earth is much older. It's not like, you know, we grew up the Ken Ham Creation Museum, young earth. The earth is only 5,000 years old, you know, like that type of stuff, right? Five to 10,000 year old earth theory, right? Mm. And I was like, I just assumed that that was the case. Never in my a million years did I think that maybe seven days could have been time frames of time of 10 million years. Right. right. Like who knows? I have no idea. And so it was, then was the first time I even opened my mind, but it wasn't until I moved out. It wasn't until I left the church that I questioned anything. What's crazy is I left the church for like two years or not even left. I left the church. I didn't leave God, but I left the church for like almost two years. And the more I studied everything, I ended up back in the church. Yeah. So how, so there's also this other, um, argument of, um, Christianity, the Bible of being a like phenomenological <laughs> account and experience. Where do you line up with that? Um, clarify the question a little more. <laughs> so it, it's, it's hard. And, um, but essentially there's this, there's this idea that, um, the human experience um, is really difficult. I, I'm probably not going to do this justice, so just bear with me. But the human experience and like analyzing ourselves and and um, our emotions and our um, our intellect is so complicated that we need icons and tokens to um, to like symbolize certain experiences. Um, so, and, and, and to be able to deal with them, um, and, and act them out better. And so the idea is that Christianity and religion, um, is this idea of, uh, um, of myths or, or tokens to, uh, to be able to grapple with our human experience. So, so for example, like the, the story of Adam and Eve, is it literally that there was an Adam and that right. there was an and there was a snake and there, there was a you know, fruit, right? But that, that symbolizes um, a portion of the human experience mm. or like, or like Job, for example, like that, like did, did Lucifer and God really make a bet over this man? Mm. And, and so, but, or is that a myth to, and, and myth in like the philosophical sense, like mm. a, a story that we tell, to, to symbolize a certain experience so that we better understand ourselves? Um, I don't think so. I think some and of them maybe. Pretty, that's pretty heavy stuff to just be like, so what's your opinion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would lean to say that it may be a interpretation of what happened that our earthly minds can understand, right? Because it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. more complex than that. But like, right. I don't know. I believe reg regardless 
of whether or not you believe the Bible, like in God. Like if you read the Bible, there's a lot of factual things you learn from it. And the, it all lines up with history for the most part, give or take, right? Uh, factual? Like there's a lot of, it's factual in the sense of what's documented. There's other places that back it up. Like the Bible is pretty accurate with history. There's, there's discussion through some, but most of what is documented in the Bible is pretty irrefutable that it did happen in real life, right? From a historical standpoint, right? And so I feel like while some of the analogies of like Job, for example, I don't, I highly doubt, you know, God and Lucifer just showed up one day and we're chilling and we're like, yo. So I want to make a bet. So here's the deal. I don't think your guy is going to you know, right. I think your guy would leave you. No, I think there was probably a very large spiritual battle of some sort. And that was the prize, right? Hey, who, you know, maybe that, maybe some interpretation of that, but certainly I don't think it's just all made up. No. Yeah, that, what you just said, I think is really interesting. <clears throat> you said, um, a large spiritual battle. And I know that you're just off the cuff stuff, but, um, I mean that pretty literally though. Right. Right. I, that, that was my question is like, how, <laughs> we're really getting into the weeds. Yeah, we really uh, are. <laughs> but uh I love it. What does that like what's your interpretation of like spiritual forces? Like what do you like think that there's like an oh, like an army of Satan and yeah, an army of God and for sure. And like literal like individuals. Mm, uh, like, spirits, like, angels, angelic creatures. Because and yeah. And, and like, and maybe this is a fair me to ask you these these questions. But no, like, bro, like, I've stuck. Like, bring it on. I think that there's like the um, there's some that have this idea of like forces, right? There's mm. like a force for good and a force for bad, and that force is godly. And and yeah, that. Um, but like, it sounds like you believe in like like a spirit, like and individuals that are spirits. I believe in individualized beings. Yeah. Because, and this is going to go down a rabbit hole that I definitely want to go down. I know you don't have time. So we're definitely going to sit down and have like a four hour conversation <laughs> about this soon. I'm serious though. Like, dude, I've tripped psychedelics, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You trip a psychedelic and your life will never, ever, ever, ever be you the know, same. I've ever. actually, I've actually done a lot of reading about psychedelics and, um, it is, I, there, it's really, there's some very compelling arguments for the use of psychedelics. And I bet you, I mean, man, there's arguments that it was, that was, it was an ayahuasca bush. That was the burning bush in the Bible from Moses. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent. That is a theory. You could be like, that's crazy. Yeah. Do ayahuasca, do any form of psychedelic. And you're going to be like, that's not a crazy theory. Right. Like right. The, right. the psychedelic well, experiences that, that I've had have helped me through so much, including the death of my brother. Right. I, I think that there is, um, Okay, well, there's two two paths we can go down here, but one is um, how much time do you have? I've got like ten minutes. All right, <laughs> but we'll we'll, we'll do we're gonna do another one. <laughs> okay, um, because it, there's like this idea that like um, like psychedelics, I don't know, altered states of consciousness are so interesting to talk about and like th this idea of consciousness being so finite to what we're experiencing right now it's ridiculous it's i don't know it, it's it's really interesting because it's like okay like what what is real like so that, and that's oh i know i believe me bro i know <laughs> well, it I, sounds like you've done like duck so it's, but but <laughs> well, i know you know but but on uh, top of that though i've also even without the psychedelic effect to it, I've had these debates and discussions and researched it. And like, there's, there's this whole thing about God. And I think this is important to throw into the conversation here. And then I'll promise I'll let you finish is that I believe the Bible. I believe in God. I believe God is real, but I also know that there is one piece of the puzzle that I am completely taking by faith. And if that piece of the puzzle at the very, very top, which is like the fact that we live in, I am accepting what I know to be here as real. Okay. I have to accept that. If I, if I don't believe that 
everything in my, like my worldview completely falls apart, right? And I, there is zero way that anybody can prove that jump, that jump of like, that God is the only God, that God is not good and evil, or God is good. That first, like where, where did it come from? Where is it? Is there a singular God? Like that very highest level. So I'm like, I understand I am accepting that by faith, but I choose to accept that by faith and then everything else makes sense to me. And so for me, I look at that and I go, psychedelics take me out of that realm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that from what, from what I've read, like, that's like what psychedelics do is they just like break down your psychological structures and say like, okay, what are you experiencing? Um, and, <laughs> that's insane, dude. <laughs> well, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not arguing for like everybody just walking around tripping. No, <laughs> no, that would be a bit, uh, <laughs> not at all. But I think it's, it's a really interesting question that I think people take for granted. Their answer to it is like, why is your current experience of your current experience equal to reality? And, and like, as I started to explore that idea, my, my takeaway is like, like I cannot judge you at all at all you can't do it and that's why mercy plays effect into it because i'm like i know that's an injustice cut now let's have mercy because i can't judge you well and 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 that doesn't necessarily mean that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that i don't protect my reality Mm, yeah i agree because i i think that there's there's also like it's it's again it's dangerous territory to be like i can't judge you i can't judge you (laughs) (laughs) like no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like is, is to have empathy and say like, maybe I'm wrong because like you don't even know what reality is. You don't. Okay. For all of you that are like, I will never trip psychedelics. That's morally wrong. I respect your belief. That's cool. Here's what I want you to go study. Here's science. Go study quantum physics. It is the most crazy, insane phenomenon in all of science. It is. Do you know anything about quantum physics? Very little. It's insane, dude. Basic premise in we're talking one of the most complex things in the in the universe. I'm trying to summarize it in 30 seconds, okay? Like <laughs> way more context to this, but it's essentially that an item can be both in a uh, gaseous or in a a physical like solid state and in a gaseous or energy state. I'm sorry, not gaseous, energy state at the same time. It can be energy and it can be physical at the same time. And but and yes, 99.9 of it is all energy. So this, nice. we, we are here's, only here's 99, we, but this is a real thing. This is not made <laughs> up. This is not a theory. No, this yeah, is yeah. actually proved. It's an actual site. And it's like new discoveries of this going on. Where like this table is only 0.1% or 0.01% actually physical. I am only, you're only 0.01% physical. That's why we're all connected. You hear the world is connected, energy is real. Yeah, because we're all energy, 99.999% of us are. Which is like this idea of like, like we throw around, we're playing with some really complex ideas. Yeah, no kidding. Like we throw around these words like energy. And it's like, what, what does that even mean? Yeah, like what, true. like, <laughs> anyway. So, but here's like, to summarize what I was saying. Yeah, sorry, like, I cut you off, continue. No, 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 you're good. What I was saying is like, you, like your consciousness is so finite <laughs> that like, I forget where I put my phone. Like you, and you're like, you think that you know what is true. <laughs> like that is such a joke <laughs> that you think you, you are, you know, so definitively that you're going to make a decision for somebody else is such a, like the most <laughs> presumptive, like bogus thing that I, I, I just, but, I, I just. But you would, you would say that you and I would both agree. I would assume that there is truth. Absolutely. Yeah. There is absolute Absolutely. truth. A hundred percent. I think that that, that definition needs to be <laughs> really better. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, we like we don't even, we we haven't even seen an atom before, and now we know. And that. like we think, like gosh, it's so crazy. It's like we live in the weirdest. It, our experience is such a joke, and I want to end on this. So, like, if you think that you're a materialist, 
you're joking with yourself. <laughs> like, did you, you think that you can, you can, through the scientific method, know enough about the world to be able to know how to work through it like, and live a productive life? Because through the scientific method, that's, that's such a joke. You were leaving so much on the table. And it's all about faith and decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, all of it. All of life, you're accepting it by faith. And once you just realize that, I think your life changes. Your whole worldview changes. You fo focus less on... And this, and this is also really, really into the religious realm, but like when you start living by faith, you start accessing a truth that can't be known yep. just through intellect. Yep, 100%. All right, we're gonna have to do round two. Cool. And we'll like block off, I'm not kidding you. You'll have to take the afternoon away from your wife. <laughs> That's how to be before you have your next kid. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do yeah. it again and just do like three, four hours. I think my longest podcast episode is two hours and 45 minutes with Nick Robbins. Let's, we break four. I bet you, you we can break do. four hours. I, we could probably break four hours, I bet. We'll do, do some post Malone, <laughs> Joe Rogan. I'm nervous to see what I'll say on four hours, but you know. You know, <laughs> it's just having a, as Joe Rogan says, it's just like having a conversation over dinner. Forget you're on camera and just talk and, all, all typically goes well. well. We'll put a disclaimer. Anything that Paul says can and, or cannot and will not be used in a case or court of law. All right. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Um, if you want part two of this, comment, I don't know, hashtag part two, smash the like button, the love button. Paul, we will see you next time, man. Um, yeah. It is always a pleasure. And we're going to also have to figure out that whole uh, Colorado-Utah debate. I'm going to have to come out to Colorado and see, or Utah and see it for myself. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating, and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback back your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.